Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Smart Marks Wrestling Podcast presented by TheSportsShow.com. My name is Jim Parsons. we got tons of news to go through. We are one day removed from NXT TakeOver Portland. We've got Raw coming up tonight. We've got tons of news heading into WrestleMania 36 and on the heels of the Royal Rumble. We're going to cover all that and more on this week's edition of the Smart Marks Wrestling Podcast presented by TheSportsShow.com and on Anchor.fm. so long under a set of rules that I don't know how fights actually work. She wants to talk about being a fight. No idea what she's asking for. What's she even doing here? Oh, this is a statement. Becky's lost her way. Everyone this entire division, the WWE Universe, has lost its way. And I'm here to put it back on track. Welcome back to another edition of the Smart Marks Wrestling Podcast. Again, my name is Jim Parsons, here with SportsShow.com. Man, oh man, we've got tons to go through today. There's lots of news to talk about. Uh, we're going to cover WrestleMania 36. We're going to cover NXT TakeOver Portland, which happened the other night. We're going to cover tons of news and rumors in AEW and WWE. But what you just heard was Shayna Baszler talking about what that segment was on Monday Night's Raw. That's been a lot of the talk this week. Basically, Becky Lynch called out, you know, after winning her match and that she's the best of the best of the best. Well, Shayna Baszler, who was rumored to be at Raw this week, attacked her from behind and then bit her in the neck. Bit her to the point where there's fake blood everywhere, blah, 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 blah. There was a lot of reaction to that segment. One, people thought, what the heck? Are they giving her some sort of crazy vampire gimmick? This looked really cheesy. Some people loved it. Some people thought it was good. The ratings were good. The reaction was good from it. Uh, So I'm sure there's going to be fallout tonight on Raw about it. But that was Shayna Baszler talking about her desire to come back to WWE, uh, to Raw anyway, shake up the WWE Universe, and tell Bicky Lynch that she has no idea what she's doing when she's asking for a fight. So I'm interested to think what you thought about that segment or hear what you thought about that segment was it cheesy? Was it goofy? Was it stupid? Was it awesome? Do you like Baszler? Do you like the fact that Baszler's going to be fighting Becky Lynch at WrestleMania 36, probably? Uh, so, yeah, we start with the show on that one. On that note, Baszler to WWE Raw is a probably done deal. Now, Triple H has said she's not officially part of Raw. She's still a part of NXT. So there's a chance. The only way they move her to Raw officially is if she wins the title. Well, here's the deal. What we're hearing is that Baszler might actually win the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania 36 over Becky Lynch, and that Becky Lynch is going to go on in some sort of a little hiatus for a while, and uh, Baszler's going to be, you know, the queen, queen of spades on Raw. So we'll see if that comes to fruition, if Baszler is there, that person they're pushing, but right now that segment sure looks like they're putting all the chips in on Baszler going against Lynch at WrestleMania 36, maybe her winning the title, and whether or not this whole bloody biting thing is going to stick, or it was just to prove a point of some kind, we'll see, but... Uh, yeah, it was an interesting segment for sure, and uh, we'll see where it goes. Our winning segment of the week this week is the Otis segment between Matty Rose, Dolph Ziggler, and Otis. When they're about to go on their date for Valentine's Day, he goes into the restaurant. He sees that Dolph Ziggler has sat down with Matty Rose and having a drink, and he's crushed. He's heartbroken. 
He drops the roses that he's bringing for Mandy Rose. Um, this is gold. Like, it's so good. And Otis is such a star in the making here. Now, we predicted a long time ago that we thought Heavy Machinery might be the team to watch. But it's not Heavy Machinery. It's Otis. Otis is extremely lovable. Everything he does has meaning. His reactions are fantastic. Maybe he's a bit over the top, but he's the perfect guy to get you to absolutely loathe Dolph Ziggler, and there's a lot going on here. Um, so it's good. That was a good segment. That was the winning segment for me on Friday Night SmackDown. Otis is killing it right now. Uh, his stuff is really cheesy, but at the same time, it's so entertaining to watch, and he's so good at what he's doing. And Ziggler's the perfect guy for this because He's known as a reputation of having, you know, a ladies' man type of mentality. He's a heel at heart. Uh, he's the kind of guy that you can use here to put Otis over. Um, you just don't know what's going on exactly where this is all leading. It's a good storyline. It's uh, interesting to watch, and Otis is killing it. He's the the king of the trio there between the three of them. He's knocking it out of the park. So it'll be interesting to see where this goes. But keep your eyes on Otis because right now he's maybe one of the better entertainers in the company and that segment was pure gold some big news on the undertaker the undertaker is a guy that uh, if every year he could be at wrestlemania 36 i don't think anybody would complain now he's not having the best matches in the world but at the same time he is a draw he is marquee talent he is a guy that you would show up to watch uh even just his entrances alone are magnificent so there's been tons of rumors about the undertaker heading into wrestlemania 36 the first one was that maybe he would wrestle sting that sting had been medically cleared that this could be a match they were working on we've now learned or have heard that that's probably not going to happen so the undertaker and sting seems to be off the table what now looks like is happening is that the undertaker will be wrestling aj styles now aj styles if you remember got hurt in the royal rumble he separated his shoulder, was going to be out for a while, but he's been medically cleared to go. He's going to be at the Saudi Arabia show, uh, Super Showdown. He's wrestling in a gauntlet match at that show uh, for some trophy we've never heard of. Anyway, he's good to go. He's going to be at WrestleMania 36. It looks like The Undertaker has handpicked him to be his opponent at that show. So Paul Davis of WrestlingNews.co revealed that uh, Undertaker is looking at AJ Styles as the modern-day Shawn Michaels wants this match. And I don't blame him. AJ Styles is a guy that's going to make you look wonderful when you're in the ring. Far cry from how Undertaker looked when he was wrestling against Goldberg. So if you want somebody to make you look like a million bucks, AJ Styles is probably your guy. And for the WWE, I could see it, right? AJ Styles isn't in a program right now because Randy Orton will be facing Edge probably at WrestleMania 36. He's got nothing to do. He's good to go. He's a heel. It makes sense. He can lose. No one cares. You know, like it's not going to hurt his reputation if he loses to The Undertaker. He could sell. I mean, it just makes sense on a lot of levels. And um, so that's probably where they're going with this. Now, post-WrestleMania, what will The Undertaker do? If he wins this match against AJ Styles, that's just probably going to happen. Is he gone again for another year? Will he be wrestling? And I remember if you watched the Broken Skull Sessions with Steve Austin, he talked about how he just looks at these matches one match at a time and that he takes the opportunities as they come. Uh, he's probably going to be in something, you know, post-WrestleMania. There's already been talk about having him work the Survivor Series event, um, which would be the 30-year anniversary of Survivor Series. It's not uh, yet been announced where Survivor Series will happen, but if The Undertaker is there, that would be cool. Uh, could we see him going against somebody like The Fiend? Could we see, you know, who knows what we would see? It would probably be a singles match, not a Survivor Series elimination match, but uh, it would be neat either way just to see him there. So there's there's plans for him post-WrestleMania. 
we'll have to see where all of this goes. But for now, it looks like The Undertaker is going to be part of WrestleMania 36. It looks like he's going to face AJ Styles. And away we go. Alrighty, let's take a second to talk NXT TakeOver Portland. There was a lot that happened on that show last night. We got a Johnny Gargano heel turn. We got a couple of really strong matches. We got new tag team champions in NXT. But the the thing that I'm taking home from this show the most, and we saw, we knew it was coming, but uh, there's an interesting twist here that might be going on. Charlotte Flair officially declared her challenge for the NXT Women's Championship against Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley successfully defended the title on TakeOver Portland against Bianca Belair. Charlotte came out, she's challenged it, but there's this hint at the end of the pay-per-view here that maybe Bianca Belair is going to be part of this match at WrestleMania 36, that it could be a triple threat match, and all I could say is I hope it isn't. Please don't do that. I like Bianca Belair. I think that she will be a future star in the women's division on any one of the rosters that they eventually put her on, but for crying out loud, don't do that. You know, like, you've got Charlotte, who is arguably the best female talent in WWE on any brand. You've got Rhea Ripley, who is a huge star in the making. This is a, if it isn't right now, it would have been in a year, maybe two. It is a dream match for the women's division in WWE. Why would you kill it by adding Bianca Belair in a triple threat match? Just have marquee single matches on WrestleMania 36 card. Why would you do that? Now, I don't know. There's been no confirmation from WWE. It doesn't sound like maybe this is where they're going with it for sure, but... You know, and Ripley versus Flair makes the most sense. But, man, the way that they did that, the way that Charlotte Flair attacked Bianca Belair at the end of the match there and sort of hinted and teased that maybe she's going to be part of this whole equation, man, I just really hope they don't do that. Like, please don't. The other thing I didn't love about NXT TakeOver was the fact that Johnny Gargano has turned heel. There's so many people you could have brought back, that could have attacked Ciampa, that could have turned... I, you know, I like the Ciampa Gargano matches. Every one of them has been a classic, but they can move on from this. I'm good with them not doing this anymore. And that Johnny Gargano, of all the people, is now the heel here. Just, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Is this both, is this two heels fighting against each other? Because Ciampa's clearly not a baby face. Is Gargano going to even make a decent heel? I don't know. Hard to tell. But we've seen this before. This is just roles reversed, right? Where Champa's the heel and Gargano's the babyface. Now you've got Gargano the, the heel and Champa maybe the baby. I just don't, I don't understand why they did that. So I didn't, I liked the pay-per-view. I thought the matches were good. I thought there was good action like there always is in NXT. But I did not like the idea of Bianca Belair being part of that triple threat match. I did not like the idea of Johnny Gargano turning heel. Um, that was not, those were two decisions to me that, I'm not in love with the future of where that's going to go if it goes where it looks like it's going to go, and that I was not a fan. But let me know what you think. Obviously, you might have a different opinion than me on the the pay-per-view. Don't get me wrong. Again, I like the pay-per-view. I thought it was good. NXT, still NXT. Their in-ring action is amazing. Um, But I just didn't like either one of those two things. And uh, we'll see. And the Undisputed Era was awfully cheery at the end of the pay-per-view having lost their tag titles, but... You know, it is what it is. NXT TakeOver, for me, was good. Just not up to the same level as most of their pay-per-views have been. Um, not sure where they're going with everything, but it is interesting. But it is official now. Charlotte and Rhea Ripley will meet at WrestleMania 36. Just what that match looks like, we don't 100% know yet. All right, and today's garbage news item of the week, and I hope it's not true. Please tell me that it isn't true. There's been tons of speculation and rumors that John Cena would be at WrestleMania 36. Now, we previously reported 
that he was given the green light by Vince McMahon to pick whatever it is he wanted to do. So he said, yeah, you're going to be part of WrestleMania 36. Tell us what you want to do, and we'll try to make that happen. Obviously, you know, the condition being that you can't pick guys that are already in matches. You can't ruin their previously made plans, things like Lesnar versus McIntyre. You don't, don't want to do that. So John Cena could have picked whoever he wanted to pick. Now, we don't know if this latest report is true, and we also don't know what level John Cena was involved in this happening, but the most recent report seems to be that John Cena will fight Elias at WrestleMania 36. If that's true, of all the people you could have chose, what a stupid, stupid decision by either Cena or WWE. And here's why. Okay, so Elias himself is not as over as everybody thinks he is. He's popular. People like him, but he's a joke. He comes in and he plays guitar. He makes fun of people. He's wrestling. He seems to lose. He doesn't do much. He's not a threat to John Cena. Like he's he's literally not competition for John Cena, even with John Cena having not been in the ring for almost a year or whatever it's been. Two, Elias is a babyface. The way they're pushing him on WWE these days, they're not trying to make him a heel, even though he does heelish type things and makes heelish type jokes. He's a babyface. John Cena is not a heel. John Cena has never been a heel. John Cena will never be a heel. I mean, never. I shouldn't say never has been a heel. He started as a heel, but he hasn't been a heel since he went babyface and became. You know, he got rid of the Dr. Thugonomics thing. He's not going to go back to being a heel, especially not at a one-time appearance type of thing against Elias. It's not happening. So now you got babyface versus babyface, and it's basically an excuse to boo John Cena out of the building. People are going to like that he's back, but when it comes to Elias, and he's a little popular because he's funny, and people like to boo John Cena just to boo John Cena, that's what's going to happen if these two face off. It's also a huge waste of a match. Like, John Cena is now one of those guys that just rarely shows up. He's a you know, a draw, he's a attraction, he's not a regular performer, why would you waste him on a guy like Elias? So if this is true, it is insanely stupid. We're going to find out on February 28th when Cena shows up at SmackDown, whether or not there's something to this rumor. We're hoping that he does something else, and that our hope in our article was that maybe he'd pick somebody like Velveteen Dream. He's has said in the past that he thinks he's the future, and that maybe putting him over would be a huge skyrocketing platform for Velveteen Dream. But if this is Elias, and this is where this is going, oh my gosh. It's basically just Cena showing up, a special little joke segment, beating the crap out of Elias, moving on, Elias still having no push, John Cena fighting a babyface, probably getting booed for it. It just it seems like a dumb decision. Whoever decided this needs to give their head a shake, and please reconsider, because there's still lots of time to change your mind. And do not go this direction. Do not have John Cena versus Elias. Some other WWE news that we'll report, but we assume is probably not going to turn into much of a big story. Uh, WWE is being accused of contract tampering. So if you watched the bump recently, you noticed that Davey Boy Smith Jr. showed up on the show. Now, there's this is all connected to the possibility that maybe Davey Boy Smith, former British Bulldog, uh, rest his soul who's passed away might be in the wwe hall of fame if not this year next year and maybe davy boy smith jr could make a return to wwe he's usually part of mlw and uh, major league wrestling he has showed up on the bump just kind of surprisingly there's teasers that he might be coming back to wwe now there's also a another report from MLW that they are looking into with a lawyer action against WWE for contract tampering. Now, when asked if this David Boy Smith Jr. had anything to do with that, they didn't say no, they didn't say yes, but it hinted no, and that there was other people. It was more talent, lots of talent. And the word exactly was 
as phrased here, um, MLW has tons of evidence. So basically, they have so much evidence that WWE has been contract tampering with people because it is in their contracts that you are not allowed to work for WWE while you work with, with MLW, that they've engaged in talks with their attorneys and WWE's attorneys about figuring this out and that, um, you know, whatever. Now, the other report is that WWE doesn't care. They're not concerned with it. They're just going to sweep it away. The legal teams between the two companies are probably vastly different. WWE's legal team is probably huge. MLW's legal team is probably just grasping at straws, trying to do something. Maybe they lost somebody like Davey Boy Smith. Maybe they're losing somebody else. Now, MJF and Jimmy Havoc have gone to AEW, but there was not a condition in those MLW contracts that AEW was off, off limits, so they were allowed to go there. But WWE guys are different, and you're not supposed to go there. So we'll see if this turns anything. I doubt that it will. I can't imagine MLW is going to have much of a battle against WWE. Anybody that seems to go up against these guys tends not to do very well. Uh, but there is a story here that maybe WWE is contract tampering with guys. Uh, probably wasn't even thinking about them, didn't even care, wasn't worried about the story, probably was told, yeah, no big deal, whatever. Um, but they've got so much talent anyway that I can't even imagine they would risk tampering with contracts for people that they need to add from MLW of all places. Like, doesn't seem like much of a story. I can't imagine it's going to go anywhere, but we'll have to keep our eyes on it because tampering, contract tampering is a big deal. And if WWE did do it, uh, they could have to face some hefty fines or pay out MLW in some way, shape, or form. But we'll see where this goes. All right, in WWE and AEW news, let's talk about Matt Hardy for a minute. We should probably talk about him. He's been in the news a lot lately. So here's the deal. So he was on Raw. He went up against Randy Orton. Uh, he was kind of defending Edge's honor, the former guys who ran in, I don't know if it was the Attitude Era, the Ruthless, just between that and the Ruthless Aggression Era, whatever, where they made the TLC matches popular and famous, and the tag team division kind of took over for a while. Anyway, Matt Hardy and Edge have a huge history, so he came out to defend his honor against Randy Orton. Of course, Randy Orton RKO'd him. Then right after the show, it appeared like Matt Hardy was done. He said goodbye on Twitter. He talked about other people, made a, put a video out there teasing his, you know, showing up in AEW, and then the guys that lead the Dark Order kind of responded to that and said, yeah, you say goodbye, we say hello, so they teased him coming. There was all sorts of stuff going on there. Now, Matt Hardy's coming back to Raw. He'll be facing Randy Orton tonight on the show tonight as we record this. It is Monday afternoon. So Hardy and Randy Orton will have a match. Now, we don't expect Hardy to win. This could just be one more match where Hardy, because he boosted the ratings when he was on Raw last week, they want to do that again, so they're bringing him back in. He's probably going to lose, and again, we'll have these conversations about where he's going. But there's all sorts of whispers and rumors and stuff about where Hardy might end up. Will he go to AEW and lead the Dark Order faction? That's the popular rumor. Will he stay in WWE? He's recently, according to reports, turned down another contract extension offer, so it's not like they don't want him. It's just that he hasn't agreed to it. He wants creativity, and it doesn't look like he's getting any of that. Maybe he goes to Impact. Maybe he goes somewhere else. But there's tons of news regarding him, and we'll have to see what happens there. Um, so let's see how this match goes first. Once we know where Hardy winds up after Raw on Monday, we'll probably have a better idea of what his future is, and then we can watch social media because he'll probably tweet something about it right afterwards. All right, let's touch on Goldberg a little bit this week because we talked about him a little bit last week, and there's been tons of speculation. He was on Friday Night SmackDown, and The Fiend and hinted with Hulk Hogan and all this. Where is this going? What is happening here between The Fiend, Hulk Hogan, Goldberg, the Crown Jewel Show, um, or Super Showdown, I should say, not Crown Jewel. But what's going to happen with Goldberg here? Well, the latest report is this. Goldberg is more than happy to lose to The Fiend 
at Super Showdown, and that is the plan. So the plan is for The Fiend going to WrestleMania with the title. He's going to get uh, the win over Goldberg here at the show. What's probably going to happen with the match is Goldberg will spear him a bunch of times, jackhammer him a bunch of times, and The Fiend will not go down, and Goldberg will eventually lose. Now, where Hulk Hogan fits into all this, because he was on Friday Night SmackDown, is probably that maybe there could be an attack of some kind. The Fiend on Hogan at some point, he's knocking out all these legends. Maybe he shows up on the show to help boost the ratings on a Friday night. But Hogan is adamant that he wants another match at some point in WWE. He wants his last match to be in WWE. He doesn't want it to be for Impact Wrestling. And he sounds like he's been working really hard to get in better shape, being medically cleared to do some stuff. Now, the match itself would be a disaster because Hogan cannot go in the ring really anymore. But... Uh, could he do something with The Fiend at some point? Maybe. But the rumors that Goldberg might win the title at Super Showdown and head to WrestleMania 36 to battle Roman Reigns in the main event instead of The Fiend versus Roman, it's not happening. Don't worry that it's happening. Don't think that it's happening. It's not happening. So Goldberg will not go into WrestleMania 36 as the champion. The talk of them thinking that's a bigger main event, than the Fiend, it's not happening. So don't overthink this. Goldberg will lose. Goldberg will look good in losing, but The Fiend will go on to WrestleMania 36 as a champion. That has not changed. That's been WWE's plan all along, and Goldberg was really just a midway opponent to get him to WrestleMania 36, The Fiend, I mean, and they needed a a big draw for the Super Showdown show where they have all this money and they want to spend it on a big star. Goldberg's it, and Goldberg is happy to lose. He wants the money. He's happy to do something good. The Fiend is a huge star. If you're going to lose to anybody, you might as well lose to the most popular guy in the company. But Goldberg's coming in to lose, and he will not go to WrestleMania 36 as the title holder. I'm almost going to... It's like Heyman. It's not a guarantee. That's a spoiler. I don't know what WWE's doing, but I'm 99.9% sure that that's the plan. So bank it. Is that the reason that the performers can be as good as they are is people like you. And... The one thing about this is when I say we are NXT, it's all of us. The great thing about NXT also is you can't get away from us. <laughs> so we are NXT. You will always be NXT. This is not goodbye. This is see you down the road. This is a moment in time where you get to grow. It's one of the great things about here. We create them <laughs> and we ship them out the door to do amazing things in the world. I'm not saying this because you're here. This is one of the smartest, um, most professional, just, I can't say enough good things about her. And, um, you know, I'm crushed that you're leaving, but I'm also proud of you for leaving because you should follow your dreams. You should want to do what you do. The door's always open. This is your home. We are NXT. Okay. You know how special this show was to me before I came here, and I'm just so grateful to have been a part of it the last four years. Yeah. So thank you. Oh, I know some people are going to say, who's Kathy Kelly? But let's take a moment here, as cheesy as this is, on Family Day as we record this, to talk about the NXT family. The one thing about that brand is that it has very much got this feeling that everybody's in it together. You know, like there's a ton of stars that move on to the main roster. It's not even the main roster anymore. It's Raw and SmackDown and whatever. They become huge stars. They headline WrestleMania. They do, but they come from NXT. It's I don't know what the stat is. I think it's like sixty to seventy percent of the current roster are NXT graduates. Anyway, NXT has become this huge family. You watched it at Portland Takeover Portland. You've watched it at other pay per views. You've watched it at television shows. These guys really have that camaraderie of we need to 
you know, prove to everybody that we are as good as we say we are. We can steal a show on any given weekend. We can steal every pay-per-view. We can steal all the stuff. And that doesn't just include the wrestlers. That includes the writers, the producers, the bookers, and the announcers. And Kathy Kelly, who was one of the backstage announcers for NXT and one of the interview um, you know, hosts, she does a lot of stuff on WWE.com and this week in WWE and all that kind of stuff. Well, she decided she's going to move on from WWE. She's leaving. Uh, NXT Portland TakeOver was her last and final event. And that was Triple H saying goodbye to her and thanking her for everything that she'd done over the last four years. Now, there were, of course, when we wrote this article, jokes about people are, who, who's Kathy Kelly? Because if you don't watch WWE regular TV and Raw and SmackDown, you maybe don't get to see her as much as some people who watch her on WWE.com and watch her on other shows and interviews at WWE Network and all that other stuff. But she was pretty important. She was very good. She was really strong at what she was doing. Kind of like a Charlie Caruso little different vibe but at the same time both very strong announcers very strong interviewers uh, hosts things like that so Kathy Kelly's leaving she wants to do something else we don't know what that something else is and I don't even know if she necessarily knows what that something else is but she'd like the opportunity to grow and move on and maybe she'll come back but that was Triple H saying goodbye to her and you can tell the people were sad that she was leaving uh, you heard Triple H say he was crushed as she was going but very proud of her for doing what she wants to do and there was a moment afterwards and I encourage you to check it out on social media it's classic heel stuff but it's really you can tell there's there's a relationship between these people Undisputed Era comes in after the interview is over and they you know tease that she's going to be the fifth member of the Undisputed Era that they've got this soft spot for and that they really want to do that and then they move on to you know give her you get in a picture and show her how to do the sign and the you know, signal for undisputed error but then of course they've they've crowded her out of the picture and they've made her drop her hands i mean just total heel classic stuff which she's eating up and loving because you know that she loves the fact that they care enough to spend the time with her to do this on her way out the door and all that stuff but you could it's a really good moment funny moment you should watch it um you know classic undisputed error stuff but really shows and pays tribute to kathy kelly and how important she was to that brand and what she's going to be doing so my hope personally selfishly is that she's not going to be gone for very long because while she might not have been a major role player in that show she is important to it she good announcers are hard to find good interviewers are tricky to find and she was good at both um but like triple h i hope she goes on and does something amazing and she really finds whatever it is she wants to do and maybe she'll come back maybe she won't i don't know but um yeah we wrote an article about kathy kelly leaving it was a popular one uh, we're sad to see her go Obviously, WWE is sad to see her go, but they're going to let her you know, spread her wings and do whatever she's going to do. But, you know, on Family Day, it just was interesting to see how big of a family NXT has become, how important everybody in that brand is to the brand, and how the stars of the show even have a soft spot for the people who aren't the stars of the show, and but help those stars get over. And Kathy Kelly really did a good job of doing that. So uh, we want to send congratulations to Kathy Kelly for whatever it is she's doing and uh, wish her the best and hope that it's not a long-term thing that she's gone, but uh, that she does and finds whatever she wants to do. And hopefully NXT finds somebody just as good uh, to take her spot because she was pretty good at it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, once again, thank you very much for joining us in the Smart Rock Service Podcast. My name is Jim Parsons. You can catch me at thesportsshow.com. You can catch me every Monday night, which includes tonight, on Talking Raw, which is a live breakdown of Raw after it's over. So join us on the Facebook page, backslash The Sportster. Uh, catch us immediately following the show as we break down every segment of the show. It does include spoilers, so if you don't watch Raw and then you watch us, you will be told what happens on Raw. So I'm just warning you in advance. And then, of course, on Wednesdays and Fridays, we've got the TS Newscast reports videos just covering the WWE and AEW, some of the news and rumors that we talk about here too, right? 
Um, so make sure you check those things out. We appreciate you doing that. Our articles are on thesportster.com. You can check out this podcast on anchor.fm, thesportster.com. You can go to Google Play, Apple Podcasts. We'd love it if you rate the show. Give us a five-star rating. That would help us out tremendously. Share it, download it, subscribe to it. Anything you got to do to get this out there, we would love, and we would greatly appreciate you doing that. And, of course, we've got articles every day on the sports.com for some really great writers, so we encourage you to check out their stuff. Uh, but we're going to keep her a little bit shorter this weekend because it is a holiday weekend, and we have some things we'd like to do with our families on Family Day weekend. So uh, we appreciate you tuning in once again, and we encourage you to check us out next week. But we will talk to you tonight, Talking Raw, live on Facebook, and uh, hopefully it's a good one that we can talk a lot about how good WWE's been. And by the way, Raw has been really good in 2020 so far. So we hope they keep it up. All right, thanks for joining us again. This has been another edition of the Smart Marks Wrestling Podcast presented by thesports.com and on anchor.fm. Talk to you next week. Uh-huh.